you are in a good habit of having your Bible open to the place we're studying in, and today's a little different. You'll be turning a lot of different places in your Bible, so we didn't list just one spot. Go to two different books, and that'll get you to many of the verses that we'll study this morning. If you could go to 1 Thessalonians and put a marker there, and then back up into the Old Testament and go to the book of Psalms. Psalms and 1 Thessalonians. You guys don't give me a lot of, of requests, but my family does, and they say, we should do this at church, we should do that at church. I, I don't know if that's normal. So Ransom wants sword drills in the sanctuary, <laughs> and sword drills are who can get to the passage faster. He's all about the competition. I think he wants that because he thinks he'll win. So today is going to be a bit of a sword drill. You're in those books, at least you know. You can follow with the chapters. There'll be some verses that I read that you might not get to in time. You can check up on those later. Please do. Thanksgiving and Christmas are both opportunities for us to turn our lives more intensely to God, to be more diligent in our walk with the Lord. They're reminders to us. After all, this week, Listen to this. Millions of people will be saying, I'm thankful. And it doesn't make sense to say that you're, that you're thankful unless you ask, well, who are you thankful to? There's a lot of what you're thankful for. But who is the one that deserves your gratefulness? And it, of course, is God Almighty. The obvious question, who are you thankful to? Look at Thanksgiving. Think about Thanksgiving. You know, a lot of is said about the original day, a lot of criticism outside the church and even within the church, but get to the meaning, get to the mindset, get to the attitude in your life that you should have as far as thanksgiving to God. How about Christmas? Christ is right in the name. People are saying the name of Christ all the time. What an opportunity to give. What an opportunity to be reminded about the glorious coming of the Lord. As long as we don't get off on the sidetracks that the world is presenting, let this be a time when we really allow the Lord to refocus us. I need the refocusing. Do you? As far as being more thankful to the Lord. Now, I realize that some people are not about certain days as much. They say, oh, you know, I'm thankful all year long, so I don't need Thanksgiving. And I say this to many of those people, and I say it to you if you're one of those. Should I not celebrate my anniversary because I'm married every day of the year? Should I not take the opportunity to rejoice in what the Lord has given me in my wife and by his grace. The Bible is full of special days. Look back into the Old Testament, even the New Testament, that remind us of something that's very fundamental about the Lord or about the way we should relate to the Lord. And I hope that this week is more than just food and family for you. I pray and I hope that for us it's a time where we learn that much more about how and why we should be grateful to God. So don't get all tangled up in, in the day of origin. Instead, consider the meaning, the opportunity, the refocusing that you and I would learn how to be thankful to the Lord that much more. You're in the book of First Thessalonians. And I want to point out to you that we are called to give thanks, and each point will begin with give thanks, that we're to give thanks in all circumstances. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 In everything give thanks, 
For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I'll read you another verse from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So giving thanks in all circumstances. The verse in front of you says this, it's the will of God for you to be a thankful person. Do you need to know God's will for your life? Do you need to know which path to take? Do you need direction from him? Do you want to walk in his ways and not in your own ways? Well, one of the ways you can know that you're in the will of God is if you are being thankful, if you have a thankful life to him. I need more of that. It's not as though I can say, Lord, my gratitude towards you is everything that it should be. No, if you're wondering what the will of God is on this journey of life, look right there in your Bible, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. One of the most obvious road signs that you're in the will of God, that you're on the right path, is a life of thankfulness. Specifically, being thankful in all circumstances. Thankful in every situation. On the good day, on the bad day. When things go your way, when things don't go your way. It's not wrong to thank God when you come into a favorable circumstance. It's certainly not wrong to say, Lord, thank you for the blessing. Thank you for the gift. Thank you for the answered prayer, the one that I just received. That's not wrong. You get good news and you're grateful. But it is wrong when we only give thanks when circumstances are good. That's the short-term perspective of your eternal God. That's to not see the many things that God has done in the past. And he's promised you so many things in the future. If we only thank God for the gifts that we receive right here and right now, and we don't thank him in all circumstances, it's that what have you done for me lately attitude. And we know that we're not supposed to be that way, are we? It's unreasonable to live that way, but we can get sucked in in this society and we talk about entitlement quite a bit. Does that rub off on us? Do we think, you know, we deserve, we deserve, and, and this is due to me. You hear it in advertisements. You, you hear it promoted to you by those who are unbelieving in the world. You deserve this. You deserve that. I say to people, I say it from the pulpit. I say it in my teaching. I don't deserve to have breath in my lungs. And some will say, oh, yes, you do. I mean, you, you deserve your breath. You, you, you deserve the beats of your heart. I say, well, I don't deserve to be married to Michelle. And they say, you're right. You don't deserve to be married to her. That's something you don't deserve. We all have these ideas of what we're you know, worthy of. The truth is, is in every circumstance, we're supposed to say, Lord, I don't deserve any of this. Even if my situation is a, is a really sad one, even if my circumstances are really, really difficult right now, I don't deserve to have great circumstances. I don't deserve to have you as my Savior and my Lord and my guide, but I do. So here I am in your ways, giving thanks in all circumstances. The Apostle Paul penned what you have in front of you in 1 Thessalonians. The Holy Spirit inspired him and empowered him to write that, but he also strengthened him to live that. Paul was thankful in prison. He was thankful and persecution. He was thankful when he was betrayed by his own countrymen. He was thankful in sickness and in struggle. A mere person that the Lord gave this supernatural attitude to, you and I can have that also. Thankfulness 
in all circumstances. The enemy, the devil, Satan, sometimes will use just one point of contention to throw you into a tailspin. Has this happened to you before? It's happened to me. There's a prayer you're, you're waiting on. There's an unresolved situation. And he gets your flesh focused on that one thing instead of everything else around you that God has done. And that circumstance keeps you from being thankful to God. It's, it's all we can see sometimes. Isn't that what the Lord tells us here in his word, that we ought to be thankful in all circumstances? Now, what did the enemy do to Eve in the garden? She had all these blessings around her, right? She lived in a wonderful place. She had a wonderful man. She had a wonderful God. And the Lord said, you should not eat of this one tree. And what was the thing that she ended up focusing on? The one thing that she shouldn't do. The one thing that she couldn't do. Instead of having the grateful attitude and perspective of, look at everything that the Lord has given to me. Look at his, his goodness towards me. I should be the, She fo- decided to focus on the one thing that she couldn't have. That's the heart of ungratefulness that leads to destruction. It leads to sin. It leads to the wrong path, the wide and narrow path, the, the crooked way. Instead of seeing the beauty of all that God had given to her. You can give thanks even when you don't know God's timing. You can give thanks in every circumstance. Maybe you're getting a no right now from God. You can still give him thanks. Maybe you're getting a weight from him, but in sickness. Or when you're well, you can give him thanks. In times of persecution, in times where there isn't persecution, in times when you're together with those that you love, in times of separation, when you have an abundance or when you have not very much materially, you can give thanks to the Lord. Say with the psalmist, don't you like this one? I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. That's what you see in the word of God over and over again. Do you have that heart? Give thanks in all circumstances. You're also in the book of Psalms. And here we, we often learn that it is good for us to give thanks at the beginning of our prayers. Psalm 95.2. Psalm 95.2, and in a second we'll read Psalm 100. They're right there, pretty close to each other. What does it say there in 95.2? Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. Then go to Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. A lot of thanksgiving there. A lot of gratefulness there. Give thanks at the beginning of your prayers. Come into his presence that way. Start worshiping that way. We're supposed to cast our cares upon the Lord. We're supposed to bring him our requests, our petitions. But too often, we just forget to thank him. At least that's the way I am. So the Bible tells me, come into his courts with thanksgiving. Before your feet hit the ground in the morning, express gratitude to God. Open up your communication with the Lord by being grateful to him, by enumerating, by listing the blessings that he has given you in your life, by praising his name before you ever bring him a request. Now, 
We're not making a prayer formula here, but we're acknowledging that when we thank God first, it puts us in proper perspective. Isn't that true? There are many psalms, I should say there are some psalms, that go from protest to praise. The psalmist begins, why is it like this, God? And they're pouring out their petitions and look at the evil and look at, look at my situation. And then God guides the writer to, to praising him. But there are many more psalms that start with the praise, that begin with the thanksgiving, aren't there? There's so many of these prayers these songs in the Word of God that start off with rejoicing and thanksgiving and remembering how good God really is. And then there's the request, Lord, guide my path. Show me what to do today. If you give me a tomorrow, show me what the right choice is. This is the burden on my heart. You carry it for me, Lord. Give thanks at the beginning of your prayers. I need a ton of thanksgiving because that's what the Lord is worthy of. Like commencing my, my communication with God with a lot of gratefulness, oftentimes my petitions are the first thing on my mind because I'm self-centered. Oftentimes I think of the requests. They're not hard for me to think of. They all have to do with me, right? Instead of saying, Lord, you're the one. Even if I go back in the way he's blessed my life, let your, your prayers be full of thanksgiving to God. Begin your prayers that way. That was point number two. Now let's look at giving thanks for God's character. You're already in Psalms. Go to Psalm chapter 7, verse 17. 717. Psalm 717 says this, I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness and will praise and will sing praise to the name of the Lord most high. I'll read to you also from Psalm 106 and 107. These are words that are repeated many times in the Word of God. It says, Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. And then at the beginning of 107, it is, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. You can find that same phrase many other places in the Word of God, including 1 Chronicles 16.34. Why are we giving thanks to God? Why are we grateful to him? Because of his character, because of who he is. The word says, give thanks because he's good. Give thanks because he is righteous. It is due to him simply because of his character. Have you ever said to somebody or heard the phrase, thanks for being you? I don't really like that phrase said person to person. But I like it said to the Lord. Isn't that, God, thank you for your holiness, for your goodness. Because isn't it true that God is good all the time? Not just when he gives us a favorable answer to our prayers. Don't forget to give him thanks for his character. Not just look at what he's given me. He is worthy. If we don't give God thanks for his character, then we get on the roller coaster of thank you for the blessings. And I mean like you're really thankful when you're up here and then you get down to the trough and you're like, oh, God's not as good as he used to be. And he was really good before and now I, I'm struggling, I'm in trial, my situation isn't favorable, it's really hard. I'm, I'm, I need to walk by faith and not by sight. The Lord's character, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. That's why 
we are grateful. That was a fast point. Point number three, give thanks for God's character. Now, if you can find Philippians, you know the verse, probably know the verse pretty well, 4-6. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And I'll also read to you from Colossians 3.15. This is the New American Standard. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Give thanks and no peace. Do you see the relationship between thanksgiving and peace? Between peace and prayer and that prayer specifically being a part of it being thanksgiving. Admit it, even though we have access to peace as Christians, we don't walk in that peace enough. The Bible talks about this peace as it ruling and reigning. Let peace rule in your hearts, right? Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let it have reign in you. It's not always there for us. We have peace with God through our salvation, but we still experience anxiousness a lot of it, a lot more than we should. We go through a worry. We get jealous. We get competitive. We get envious. Part of having the peace of God in your life is being thankful, that relationship between peace and thankfulness. It's a prevention for anxiousness. More thanksgiving leads to less anxiousness. Look at others before you look at yourself. It might help you. Isn't there a lot more anxiousness in the world? And isn't there way less thankfulness? Look at what the Word of God says to me and to you. Have a grateful heart towards God. There is a reign of worry. There is a reign of anxiousness. And it's a reign of terror. It's misery for us. Even if we just look at it in this life. Look, I don't have peace. I'm in turmoil. I'm just struggling. Anxiousness is a tyrant. But peace is a benevolent king, Jesus Christ, our king. He rules and reigns in our hearts and our lives by his peace. Turn your heart to him, give thanks, and know peace moment by moment. Oh, how I need to walk in that peace, to live under the rule of the peace of Christ. Now let's go to a fifth point. The last two were give thanks for God's character and give thanks and know peace. Psalm 95.2 says, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. So the same previous point, you come into his presence with thanksgiving. And now look at the second half of 95.2. It says, let us shout joyfully to him with psalms, with songs of praise. That's what it means. Give thanks expressively. The word tells us over and over again, the psalmist models it for us and commands this to us that our thanksgiving to God should be one of great expression to him. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. Don't just sing in your heart. Sing praise expressively. This is what God wants from us. Are we more like, unless, unless the music moves me, unless I really like the song, I'm not going to be expressing much thankfulness. Well, is that really thankfulness? Or is that emotionalism? Being thankful can be an emotional experience, but too often we wait until we're moved to open our mouths 
and it shouldn't be that way. Again, reading to you from Colossians 3, 6, um, New American Standard, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So we have this intentional instruction to bring God a sacrifice of praise. It's even called a sacrifice of thanksgiving in Psalm 116, verse 17. I will offer you the sacrifice of thanksgiving, it says there. If you don't want to sing, it's a sacrifice to sing, correct? You don't want to do it. Now, it's not a really big sacrifice, but it is a sacrifice. If you don't want to lift your hands, if you don't want to clap, if you don't want to rejoice in the goodness of God, in his character and his blessings. It's somewhat of a sacrifice. You don't think singing is a sacrifice? I'll read to you from Hebrews 13, 15. Through him then, let us continually offer up the sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. When we open up our mouths and sing the praises of God, it's a sacrifice, or it can be. If we can't make the little sacrifices we won't be able to make the bigger sacrifices. Now, for some, it might be easy to express your thanksgiving, but to many, it's, it's difficult. See it as a sacrifice of praise. You're blessing the Lord. It's about Him. It's not about us. You're giving God what He desires, not what you desire to give Him. Isn't that what a really good gift is like? You think about the person that you're giving the gift to. And the question isn't, do I like the gift? The question is, do they like the gift? That's why we sing to the Lord. Not because we're exceptionally musical or talented, not because we always like what we hear or because it's enjoyable, but because God says, this is what I desire from you. Give thanks expressively. Now, maybe you're not a very expressive person. Well, then your personality needs to change, right? People say, oh, that's my personality. Well, God shapes and molds, yes, even our personalities, and makes us into what he desires for us to be. It's just wonderful for me, but I know it's way more wonderful for the Lord when I see one of those John Wayne kind of guys, I'll just close my eyes because the room is full of them. <laughs> I, I mean, they are as they're a tough. Even when something really awesome happens, they just they're just stoic, man. They're just I'm just I'm the strong, silent type. You know what I'm talking about? That's definitely not me. You guys know me. <laughs> not strong or silent. It's like. But it is incredible to me and way more incredible to God when I see that kind of personality be shaped and molded by God and to watch that person pour out their heart to God, to sing to him, to, to lift their hands, to say, this is no, has never been about me. I am not comfortable with this, but I want to give praise to God. I want, I want to bless his heart that's why I'm giving him thanks. I'm not giving him thanks for my sake, so I'm doing it expressively. Now, there's something in the church about expression that got in my way for years, and I shouldn't have let it happen, but I did. I noticed that many of the people 
who express themselves in an outward manner, right? Lacked consistency and obedience. Now, I'm not saying all of them, but there seemed to be a lot of people who were very expressive, but they didn't have a strong walk with the Lord. So they were singing at the top of their lungs, lifting their hands, but they didn't have consistent service to the Lord. They weren't living out the commands of God in their life. In fact, in those ways, they were a mess. Now, not every person is like that, but there were, and I should say there still are many of them. So then I started to associate being expressive with being driven by emotions, with being flaky, ungrounded. And I won't get into why some people are very expressive but inconsistent, but I I can say this. Don't let it rob you of expressing your thankfulness to God. It's clear that that's what he wants, isn't it? We can overreact to the abuse of something good, in this case, expressive worship. And we can say, look, the Pentecostals are the biggest roller coasters in the world in their life. Or we can say, the Lord has called me to exuberantly praise him. I want to be grounded. I want to be consistent. I want to be strong. But when it comes to loving the Lord, do I want to be stoic? Do I want to be stiff? Do I want to be like, I can't even worship the Lord in the congregation? I'm not free to do that, even though it blesses his heart abundantly? I remember the first time I went to a church, and I was quite young, where they proclaimed the solid principles of God's word, no apologies, and the church was still full of expressive thankfulness to God. I had only before that known a lot of expression with very little foundation, or a ton of foundation. It was almost like school. I mean, we were technical, but there was no expression of thanksgiving to God, very little. It was like if somebody said amen or lifted their hands, we're like, what's wrong with him, right? But I remember going to the church for the first time, and I thought, this is what it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be like we're either academic or expressive. No, we're supposed to give the Lord our minds and our hearts and study his word with intensity and, and, and care deeply about the principles of the Lord. Do you want to be like that? And we're also supposed to express to him our thanksgiving and be worshipers. Now, not people that are distracting and, and you know they don't understand order, but you look at the Bible People are bowing. They're shouting. They're they're glad to rejoice in the Lord. He's the best thing by far and away that's ever happened to me. And he is for you too, Christian. Express that to him. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. So, yes, with your words, with your praises, sorry about that, but with your deeds, it's clear that we should do it, grounded yet grateful. Psalm 30, verse 12, turn to this one. 30, 12. To the end, that my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent. There it is. Not be silent. 
O Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Like for the rest of my life, may I always give my praise, all the glory to you, and not keep my lips shut and fail to give you the thankfulness that you deserve. So give thanks expressively. If you're pacing yourself, we just have two more points. Next, give thanks for the church. You're in Thessalonians, so let's read about it there. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 2. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love. I'll read to you a couple more verses that are about giving thanks for the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4, I thank God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus, that you were enriched in everything by him. And then also Philemon chapter 1, verse 4, I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayers, hearing of your love and faith. We are to give thanks for the children of God. We are to give thanks for the family of God, for the church. He has put the functioning body of Christ all around us, and there are certainly those who are growing in the Lord. They're being established in their faith. They're growing in their love for one another. And you and I are to say, thank you, Lord, for your people, for what you're doing in their lives. Do you thank God for the church as much as you grumble about the church? Now, we're not supposed to grumble at all about the church. The word says, do all things without grumbling or disputing. So when there's a competition and you have to even think, you know, do I grumble more or do I give thanks more? That's not a good thing because we should not be complaining about one another. That doesn't mean there's never any correction. That doesn't mean that there's never any admonishment that happens. But think about how easy it is to complain about the church. I'm talking about each other. It happens pretty easily. Can you believe that? Like, how clueless is that? How lazy is that, right? Giving thanks. How often do you give thanks for the people of God specifically and say, God, look at what you're doing in their life. That's amazing. Thank you for saving them. Thank you for establishing them, for sanctifying their life. You brought them into your kingdom, and now you're fitting them together as living stones. I praise your name for them and for the work that you're doing in them. Read your Bible with an open mind, with an open heart. You'll see at the beginning of many, many epistles, many, many letters, especially Paul starts off and says, I thank God for you. He even says that to churches that aren't that great of churches because they're saved and because God is working in them, even though the work might be kind of slow or even though it's taken a detour, he's still continuing the good work that he started. Give thanks for the church, for the body of Christ Eddie, me, put aside the complaining and say, thank you for the work that you're doing. Look at what you've done. A couple days ago, Michelle and I were fellowshipping, talking, visiting, and, and I mean this. I said to her, I was thinking of just one person. I said, look what God has done in their life. Save them. They've grown. They're, they're strong. They're a servant. They're overflowing with joy. That's enough for me. That one person is worth it for me. 
to, to serve, to, to operate my gift. It really is. But the truth is, I could even back that up more and say, even if nobody ever believed upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and they didn't serve, still I should serve the Lord. But thanking God for the lives that have been saved and the lives that he's changed, look what God has done in your life. I thank him for that. Yeah, I want more. I want more for you. I want more for me. At the same time, give thanks for the church. Final point. That's where we started the service, and it's where we'll end the service. Give thanks for the grace that saves. Let's go to the last verse, which is 2 Corinthians 9.14. 2 Corinthians 9.14 says, And by their prayer for you, who long for you because of the exceeding grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Thank him today, this week, and for the rest of your life for the grace that he provided because it's by grace through faith that you're saved. Praise the name of God that you are his child, that he brought you in, that he reached out to you and that he's reached out to all people. We sang, second song, give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because he's given us Jesus Christ, his son. That's the indescribable gift. We're going to try to describe the grace of God. We're going to do the best we can with words, but it really is beyond what we can know, and his grace is beyond what we can describe. Christian, thank God for saving you. The Father sent his Son to be the sacrifice for you. Your sins are forgiven, and you've been given peace with God and the promise of everlasting life. Today, you have a reason to praise him. It's the grace. If you don't know that you're headed for, to heaven, believe in Jesus as Lord. If you're not right with God, trust Christ with your life. He gave his for you. You will forever have a reason to praise him, to thank him. The word of God doesn't pull any punches, and it says that fools fail to give God thanks. You can look it up in Romans chapter 1. That the, if people who live empty lives, if you have futile, futile thoughts, they're spiritually blind. They're just on, on the immediate, and they don't see the forever. Choose to say, no, I'm not going to be that ungrateful person. Instead, I'm going to be a a grateful follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, praising his name for the grace that he has given to us, the salvation of the Lord. It belongs to him. It's his plan. He followed through. He saved us. Now, you know what the psalm says. Some people say, Rejoy un restore unto me the joy of my salvation. It's actually thy salvation. It's the Lord's salvation. Now it belongs to you. The gospel is yours. This day, this week, and for every day on into eternity, give thanks for the grace 
that saves. Nothing has the power to save but your name, Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that every, every saved person in this place would open up their lips and, and tell you, Lord, that they're thankful. I pray that there would not be a one silent saint, but that we would be obedient to what pleases your heart. Lord, the song that we lift to you is, is because of your greatness. It's because of your character. May it continually flow from our lips. Help us not to be so conditional, Lord. You're, you're faithful, rock solid, and just give us that faithful thanksgiving back to you the way that it ought to be, Lord. We have an abundance. Even in our so-called want, we are blessed beyond measure. So we choose, Lord, to lift our eyes and to, to look beyond. I thank you for your patience with us, Lord. I don't deal very well with ungratefulness in, in people, Yet, Lord, you have been so patient with me in, in the days of lacking thankfulness. And, and I praise your name for that.